Greetings, soul sisters, spiritual brethren, and non-binary siblings. Today, I'm going to talk on the dark side of filial piety. We're going to be continuing the Asian Pacific American Heritage Month content. So this is going to be more an Asian culture, Asian diaspora sort of a themed episode, but it is going to delve into spirituality too, and psychology, I should say. So what is filial piety? Now, filial piety as a term originates in Confucianism, but it is also shared in Buddhism and Taoist ethics. And it's also kind of what we've woven, woven its way into various Asian cultures in South and Southeast Asia, as well as East Asia. So you'll find some version of this concept shared among a lot of South, Southeast Asian and East Asian cultures. In a nutshell, filial piety is the virtue of respect for one's parents, elders, and ancestors. In Confucianism, which is where this term originates, according to most scholars, that's where this term originates, is Confucianism. In Confucianism, social order is stressed, and the veneration of one's parents and the honoring of one's parents is seen as a virtue that is necessary for social order. So without respect for your parents, because they brought you into this world and they took care of you, without respect for your parents, chaos would reign. And there's absolutely merits to that argument. You know, one huge difference between Eastern cultures and Western cultures is how we treat our elders. You know, you don't see very many Asian parents throwing their own parents. You don't see very many Asians throwing their parents into a nursing home, for instance. That's much more common in the West than it is in the East. It's almost universal in the sense that when you're an adult, and one of your parents dies, the living parent moves in with you. Or if you have siblings, you know, one of the siblings will take on the surviving parent. It's pretty much seen as an obligation that you take care of your elderly relatives. And sometimes that even includes your grandparents or your auntie or whatever. And it's much more common to see multi-generational homes Sometimes even, you know, eight, nine relatives living under one roof. But it's because the family unit is shared and it's a bond that's unbreakable. Now, in a lot of other, you know, in a lot of Asian cultures as well, you might even see a shrine dedicated to one's ancestors. As family members die, you add their photo or you add some sort of uh, memento to a shrine in your home and then you practice ancestor veneration in your home which is something I've talked about my own personal shrine does have a section dedicated to the veneration of my uh, deceased ancestors so filial piety is not a bad thing you know it can absolutely be a good thing because it ensures social cohesion it ensures family unity it's making sure your parent doesn't get put into a home when they're older, etc. Now, when my own mother was ill, she had breast cancer. 
my sister and I both offered for her to move in with us. We knew that this was a virtue in Lao culture, taking care of your relatives. My, my uncle took in my grandparents after they had several health issues. And so it was ingrained into my sister and myself, as well as our cousins that, you know, you take care of your own. And so when my mom got the cancer diagnosis, both of us offered to take her in and it was she who refused. It was my mom who refused. She did the, Oh, I don't want to be a burden on you two. You two are living your life. You know, you're in the prime of your life. You're in your twenties and thirties, like go out and live your life and don't worry about me. So we tried and I'm not entirely sure if that was the right choice on her part, but I can't say that I didn't try. And when she finally did cave and say she, she said she wanted to move in with me, you know, I drove all the, well, actually, no, I flew. I flew to Texas and the plan was to drive her back to Virginia to move in with me, but she took a turn for the worse and I just immediately had to put her into hospice. And I'm grateful that things went down the way they did. I'm glad that she knew I was going to be there for her in the end. I wish I could have been there for her sooner, but it was her own stubbornness that she refused. But because I had already grown up seeing my uncle take care of my elderly grandparents, I knew at a young age that that was a good thing there's a certain honor and virtue in showing respect for one's elders. You'll see it reflected in many Asian languages that there's different grammar that you use, different grammar and vocabulary that you use for people that are older than you or more educated than you or have a higher social status than you, that there are extra words, extra grammar, extra vocabulary, and sometimes even extra dress gestures that go into how you show respect to someone that is higher than yourself in the social order. That scene is a good thing. Now, coming from the West, especially in America, you know, we're taught all men are created equally. And so some of these acts of veneration might seem out of place. You know, you don't see Americans bow to people, for instance. That's a very clear difference between Eastern and Western cultures. And that makes Western cultures more individualistic. Another difference between Eastern and Western cultures, at least I'm talking about East Asian cultures here, uh, not necessarily Southeast Asian cultures. So in China, Japan, Korea, and then Vietnam... Traditionally, you put the surname first. You put your family name first, and then your given name second. And the reasoning behind that is that family comes first. You put the name that your family gave to you first, because that comes first. And then your own needs come second. So in some cultures, filial piety is pretty much ingrained into you at birth. 
because it is given to you in your name that you honor one's ancestors. So I'm not trying to bash filial piety here. But let's get into why filial piety can be a bad thing. I think a lot of uh, Asian diaspora, especially in the West, Asian American, Asian Canadian, what have you, a lot of us will talk about how the elder generations don't want to talk about mental health. That includes my mom. That includes a lot of my extended family, too. That there's a lot of pain and suffering that my family went through because of the war in Laos. And they don't want to talk about it. But the problem is that the pain and the trauma is still there. And filial piety can be used as a tool for manipulation. You know, it's the, I am your mother, I am your father, you will do as I say, sort of mentality. And so, some of us in the Asian diaspora were taught not to challenge these ideas. You know, it's, it was ingrained into us at a young age that you respect your elders, you listen to your elders, you bow to your elders, you venerate your elders. But then what if your elders are bad people? It becomes a justification for bad conduct, for abuse, for manipulation, for all sorts of abuse, financial abuse, emotional abuse, what have you. It's like, I am your elder. You got to do what I say. I remember as a teenager once in a fight with my mom. And I remember saying to her, parents don't have kids to turn their kids into servants. And my mom just immediately responded, yes, they do. And I was just like, wait, what? You just said that? And... Looking back on my mom's life, I can see why that was the case. My mom was the second of eight siblings, but she was the oldest daughter. So she was the oldest sister. She had she had four sisters. So there were five daughters, three sons. Yeah, that's right. And because my mom was the oldest daughter, when my family came to America... She got roped into childcare. She had to put a lot of her life on hold for the sake of the family. And again, that's not necessarily a bad thing because that helped my family survive. You know, they all made it into adulthood. And now they're starting to make it into their 60s. You know, my mother unfortunately did not. But, you know... Her life story taught her the importance of taking care of your own and the importance of family and being one strong family unit. You know, you don't necessarily see a lot of Americans taking in their elderly relatives like my uncle did. And my mom just kind of lived under the assumption that her American-born children would do the exact same thing that she did for her family. You know, wanting to go to school, but putting her school on hold and taking jobs as many as necessary, you know, cooking for her siblings, making sure that her siblings graduated high school, helping the family learn English, 
helping my grandmother who didn't speak very good English pass her naturalization exam. You know, my mom did a lot. And my mom recognized the importance of taking care of her parents and making sure that her parents were in the best position possible. And that takes a lot of strength, you know, to come to this country at 17 and to then immediately have to take care of seven siblings. It's a lot. In addition to having to learn English and graduate high school and then later go to college and then apply for graduate school, she did all that. In a very short amount of time, I might add, you know, she came to America in 75 and graduated college in 82. So that must have been a crazy seven years, right? To do all that. And now that I'm older, now that I'm the age my parents were when they had two small children, I recognize the sacrifices that they made to get me here. They certainly made mistakes, though. So this concept of blind devotion to your parents, it's not always a good thing. It can be a way to perpetuate intergenerational trauma. That people who have a lot of bitterness and pain in their hearts are allowed to inflict all the suffering they want onto their children and then just flip it onto their children and say, you have to respect your elders. This is how we do it. This is what makes us who we are. Blind devotion. Submission. Venerating respect for your elders. And that's not okay. I'm very, very proud of second generation Asian Americans who are speaking up about this stuff. You know, just saying how we did this for thousands of years is not good for mental health. <laughs> and it's it's easy for the foreign born generation to just say, oh, these American-born kids, they're just so Americanized, they're so different, talking about their mental health and all that. And, you know, if you want to write us off that way, fine. But it's time for us, especially Southeast Asian diaspora, you know, our community has been in America for about 50 years now, talking about Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, etc., those of us that came to America as refugees, especially, you know, our communities have been here for about 50 years now. And so the immigrant generation now are entering their elder years. And now it's the American generation that has to figure out how to take care of them. Or the American born generation are now parents themselves or even grandparents themselves. And so now we're in this position where we were raised in two different cultures we have both Eastern and Western values, and it's time for us to pull out the greatest strengths and let go of the weaknesses of both sets of cultural values. So I'm very proud of second generation Asian Americans, Asian Canadians, what have you, who are speaking up about how, yes, filial piety is good. 
it does promote social order and it does promote a stronger family unit. But blind devotion to people who abuse you or mistreat you is not okay. That's all I got today. I'll see you soon. If you wish to contact me directly or have your question featured in a future episode of the podcast, you can send me an email at tqrpodcast at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, tqrpodcast, or my personal Instagram, Ricky Dementia. That's R-I-K-I Dementia. Thank you for listening. With love and gratitude, signing off.